This year's Christmas extravaganza is destined to become a camp classic. We've got the perfect inspiration for the best Christmas ever, and we're sure you're going to love it. So get yourself a cocktail and a bowl of hot tamales and enjoy. and Amelia's Bitchin' Boutique. We may be awful, but, but we're, we're right. right. Oh my god. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy Yule. Yeah. Happy whatever. Happy solstice. Whatever. For those who celebrate, it is the festive holiday season. Whatever your yes. holiday. In fact... Target, they have a big thing in our break room. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy. They have something about Diwali or some sort yeah, of. Yeah, Diwali festival. is going on right now. Yeah. And God, there's one other, and I can't think of what it is. No mention of Yule. Ah, well, there you go. And I actually went to the HR director. Was it like someone made that sign, or was it like Target sent it out to all of their places? Target sent it out to everybody. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I actually went to the HR director, and I was like, you know, every religion is represented, but not paganism. So why is there not like a blessed Yule? Yeah. On that sign. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I was it's like, like, don't act like you've never heard of Yule. Have all this, you should have a blessed Yule. As we discussed last year, Yule is like Christmas. It's fucking Christmas. Like, it's everything about Christmas. But yes. he was just like, oh, that's really interesting. And of course he said he was going to, you know, write an email about it, but I mean, whatever, it doesn't, you know, whatever. But I did point that out, that they're trying to be all inclusive, but not of that. Well, yeah. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be us if we weren't changing employee manuals where we work. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, I'll, I'll keep you posted. But oh I my did, God. I did have a discussion. And Fabulous. I mean, it was very friendly, but I had yes. a discussion. Of so course. Yeah, we'll see. Well, oh my God. So that is not nearly as campy as the Christmas we are celebrating here at the Vision Boutique. Because we are going full on camp this year. And it's something that once the idea came to us, we it was kind of shocking that it took eight years. For us to get to the oh, point. Oh, yeah. Because this is... And it's actually shocking that no one else has ever done this <laughs> Christmas theme before. We are originals. We are the creators of this entire idea. Uh, if you steal our ideas, we will sue you. Uh, Unless <laughs> you just want to, you know, give us a cut of whatever it is that you're doing. But... Before we tell you, because some of you listening will know exactly what this is as soon as we act out a little scene. 
the yeah, rest of I you. I dare say not enough. Not well, enough, we're, we're working on that. Everybody needs to know. We're but, working yeah. on that because we are spreading the good word as we should, as the as the evangelists that we are <laughs> of such things. And the rest of you are going to learn. Some of you, you know, are some of you are hearing these words for the first time and you don't even know what you've been missing. Okay. Are are, are you get are you getting into character? I'm preparing. Yes. I'm getting into character. Yes. I make I'm making my face. I'm making the face the sourpuss okay. face that I need to have. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. <laughs> this may take some editing. <laughs> it's so hard to do it without okay, laughing. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay. okay. Uh, yes. <clears throat> <laughs> Who are you hiding from, Helen? The notices couldn't have been that bad. The show just needs a little doctoring. Don't worry, sweetheart. If it flops, I can always get you a job as understudy for my grandmother. Thanks. I've already turned down the part you're playing. Bull! Merrick's not crazy! You should know, honey. You just came out of the nuthouse. It was not a nuthouse! <laughs> Look. Oh my god. <laughs> You've never said that line so loudly. Alright, here we go. Okay. Look. They drummed you right out of Hollywood, so you come crawling back to Broadway. Well, Broadway doesn't go for booze and dope. Now, you get out of my way, because I've got a man waiting for me. Well, that's a switch from the fags you're usually stuck with. At least I never married one. You take that back, you old faggot! Get your hands off me! Oh my god! It's a wig! Give me back my hair! <laughs> Her hair is phony as she is! Give me that! And as cheap as a redhead! Give me that! Damn you! What the hell are you doing in there? Giving it a shampoo! Goodbye, pussycat! She's throwing it in the can. I'll kill her. How do you like that? It won't even go down the john. Give me that wig. Okay, you want it back? Here it comes. Special delivery. So long, Granny. I'll tell your boyfriend not to wait. The Pitney and Amelia players. <laughs> oh. oh my God. Oh, oh my, my face hurts from all the smiling and the acting. So, for those of you who don't know what the hell that was, that was an incredible scene from the classic Valley of the Dolls. Ah, uh, yes. And this year, here at the Bitchin Boutique, we are celebrating a Valley of the Dolls Christmas. As every Christmas should be. Yes, from yes. this point forward... Why would we do it? Why would we celebrate Christmas any other way? Well, because it has everything. Lounge music, tacky decor. LeMay. Sequins, sequins in LeMay. Yes. yes. It it's has everything. sparkly. It's soaked in alcohol. It's kitschy. 
It has oh, abortion. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, it does. It has abortion. Yes, and it, it has does. Blatant, blatant lip syncing, which I love. Oh my god, it's so yeah. yes. so great. But you know, for those of you who don't know it, um, <laughs> I you'll you'll find out everything you need to know. But of course, you all, it is all your homework, whether you know it or not. After you listen to this, you go online and you fucking watch Valley of the Dolls. You're welcome. And I will say, though, I have read the book at least twice. Yeah. That it's based on. Because it was based on a book. And the book was like a huge sensation. Yes. And the book is actually really good. The movie is not so good. Which is weird because it should be great. Like. Yeah. Fabulous. From our sensibilities. Right. But yeah, the movie is, yeah, but the book is absolutely really cool. But the reason why, right, the reason why the movie is this camp classic is because they brought in, like, all these heavy hitters, these really, really talented people, and they just shit the bed in a big way. Oh my God. And it's, it's, it's absolutely embarrassing for everyone except Sharon Tate, who gives the best performance of the movie. And yeah. it's it's like, when you think of Sharon Tate, unfortunately, you don't think of someone who was, like, an incredibly talented actress. Yeah, you think of the Manson murders, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but she played her part beautifully, you know? And it's like, god, god damn, she, she really, she really could have uh, become something. Oh, yeah, but the thing that strikes me about this movie is, like, there's so... So, well, I was going to say there's so many musical numbers in it, but there's really not. What is it, like four? Maybe, yeah. But they are so fucking terrible. Or magnificent. One of those, you know. I mean, the songwriting is bad. Yeah, I don't know where those songs the came songs from. The songs just fucking suck. And weirdly, even though they oh. hired... Well, in the case of Patty Duke, Patty Duke can sing. I don't know about Susan Hayward, but like, the well, Susan Hayward was originally, her part was supposed to be played by Judy Garland. Imagine Judy Garland saying the lines I was just saying. And so obviously she would oh, have done God. her own singing. With her cigarette evil old lady voice. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Oh, that doesn't go. Oh, yeah. Uh, just the, the little bits of of material that are out there from when before she was uh, before she quit the project and stole the wardrobe because the wardrobe is goddamn fabulous. Oh yes, I hope she lounged in that caftan every evening because goddamn, oh God, I love it. But the the music is so fucking horrible. The songs are so terrible and so yeah. bad. Well, and it's and there's no yeah. redeeming them. Yeah. The dancing is bad, the choreography is bad, the lip syncing is bad. Well, every and it's fabulous and it's fabulous. Every movie <laughs> that is about performers, like every movie that's about like say a Broadway show. The yeah. Broadway show is pathetic and awful. And yet the crowd goes crazy. Like every Broadway show is only one number long. It's one number and the crowd goes nuts. And that's the whole fucking show. And it's like anyone who, you know, anyone who watches a movie like that, but has never been to the theater has no fucking idea what going to the theater is like, because they've never seen anything slightly realistic. 
But anyway, would you like to hear the plot? Oh, absolutely. I never get sick of it. Oh, my God. And the thing is, what I am going to tell y'all about right now is I have written up a treatment. This is like pretend y'all are producers. And I am giving you the soup to nuts whole version of A Very Valley of the Dolls Christmas. Yes. All right. We open on a snowy New England town where it's perpetually winter. Where Anne Bells, her friends call her Jingles, announces to her waspy-ass family that she's heading to the big city to find herself. She dons an outfit that is completely beige and nondescript, just like her personality. (laughs) So that her big 60s hair and her perfect complexion will always be the focus. And gets hired three seconds after she arrives in New York as a secretary to a big theatrical agent. A life of glamour and shorthand awaits. (laughs) But Jingles gets a frowny face about show business when she sees big star Helen Lawson shitting in Neely O'Hara's purse (laughs) and having her kicked out of her show. Jingles is going to quit her new job on day one, but then Lion, the young rich partner at the agency, shows up and fills her with sherry and tells her he ain't marrying nobody and she's like, challenge accepted! Because what's a working girl in the big city but a whiny bitch looking to land a man? I was going to say, looking for a man. I mean, what? You you get the job so you can get the husband, right? So 60. So 60. Meanwhile, Lion books Neely to sing a song on a telethon because that's how stars are made. And she jumps onto that stage in a kicky little outfit and belts out a jazzy take on Oh Little Town of Bethlehem in a 6-8 syncopated time signature. And the live band can barely keep up with her perky energy, and Joey Bishop is like, fuck it, have her sing another one, I have to lie down. And Lion and Jingles and Neely's Guy Mel are all like, this bitch is going places. And before you know it, it's groovy festive montage time. And Neely is learning songs and doing gymnastics and tapping her little toes off, but still finding time to marry Mel and start a lucrative booze and pill habit. And bam, she's a star. Hence the dolls, hence the dolls. Because you know, the dolls dolls. are very important. Pills. Pills are dolls. Pills are dolls. She's a star, which means moving immediately to Hollywood and fucking her stylist, Ted Santa Blanca, because he's desperate to prove to everyone he's not gay. See, he's Santa Blanca instead of Casablanca, because it's Christmas. Meanwhile, back east. Helen Lawson is wowing audiences in one of those musicals that only have one number and is staged in an impossible way that makes no logical sense 
and she's risking her life with this giant Alexander Calder transparent Technicolor mobile <laughs> swirling around her oh my God. as she sings an amazing show-stopping number. I'll trim my own tree and I'll make it glow. And oh my God! Remember? Horrible how, thought. Horrible thought. But it's fabulous because it's Helen and she's wearing this silver sparkly thing and there's colors swirling around her and the audience goes wild. Uh, and oh my god, remember how Jingles was dating that lion guy who doesn't believe in marriage but he does believe in fucking secretaries? Well, that asshole had the nerve to continue to not marry her, but this time he's not marrying her all the way from England. And apparently, that news killed her mother. So Jingles rushes back to her wintry New England hometown to roast chestnuts and hang mistletoe and stuff. Apparently, all that sadness and cold air made her even more gorgeous because some creepy old rando with a cosmetics line hires her to be his new spokesmodel. So of course, you know, she has to date him because that's the rules. And boy is she successful as a spokesmodel. We cut immediately to another groovy festive holiday montage by way of Richard Avedon, and it's all green and red and tinsel and sugar plums while a voiceover talks about the joys of liquid eyeliner. <laughs> Smash cut to Neely's pal Jennifer, who was essentially just an ornament before this moment, watching that eyeliner commercial on TV, feeling happy, but it can't last. Because even though she moved to Hollywood like Neely and got married to a lounge singer, she got an abortion and was forced to make French nudie films to pay the bills and then finds out she has breast cancer and decides that dying is better than not having tits. So she takes a big handful of dolls and dramatically falls asleep forever while the voice of her husband drifts through the room singing Silent Night in German because that's artsy. Yeah, and I gotta say, one of the most fabulous lines is... Nudies! Those weren't films, they were nudies! Yeah, she, at, at one point it's, it, she's yelling nudies and boobies, I think. I think she yells boobies. It's, oh it's my god, nudies. Yes. Speaking of her, next thing we know, Neely is screaming at her totally not gay because look, women, stylist because he's banging some other broad and she's so out of control, she has to go dry up in the loony bin and gets supposedly clean. So now she's headed back to Broadway to star in a one woman holiday extravaganza called Sparkle Neely Sparkle. But because she can't not be a bitch, she invites herself to this fabulous gala that was supposed to be for <laughs> Helen Lawson, and for some reason, Helen runs and hides in the ladies' room and Neely follows her in there. And sure, this is the best scene in the movie, but because this is a Christmas special, the ladies' room is filled with huge powder puffs that they just start throwing at each other while screeching catty insults, and while the room fills with powder, here's where we get the big show-stopping number, Goodbye, Pussycat! Featuring the Radio City Rockettes dressed as shiny toilet plungers. And the big finish is when a giant wig falls from the ceiling in a big toilet. I mean, really, you have to see it to oh, believe yes. it. It's very conceptual in Russia. <laughs> but even though Neely totally won that fight, 
she still stumbles into a bar where she's not famous enough for anyone to recognize her. Oh, God. And gets chastised by the bartender for being a goddamn sad sack on this the most wonderful night of the year. And she runs out into the alley to scream her head off about how she's Neely O'Hara. And she'll cry if she wants to because she doesn't give a fuck whose birthday it is. And we fade off into a dreamy montage of Helen in a glorious green caftan and feeling superior while chugging a vat of vodka. (laughs) Then, a slow pan up Jennifer's dead body and ending on jingles, taking a big handful of pills before wandering out onto the beach and collapsing in the surf and drowning for ten whole seconds, only to be revived by a crab who reminds her that it's Christmas Eve and she should go back to New England where she goes immediately as if by magic and suddenly there's a knock on the door it's that asshole lion again and and he asks her to marry him but she has finally learned the true meaning of christmas which is fuck that trifling piece of shit i don't need you i'm gonna inherit this big house and if you'll excuse me i have to go walk dramatically through the woods (laughs) the end Fabulous. And if anyone would like to cast this fabulous Christmas movie, please email us. We'd love to talk about it. Oh my God. Yes. I mean, who wouldn't watch that? Who wouldn't watch that on Christmas? Uh, They could make, I bet it'd be a hit on Lifetime or Hallmark. Seriously, the fact that no one has ever ever done a Christmas version of Valley of the Dolls no. shocks me. I mean, me. they've done drag queen performances of Valley of the Dolls, but that's not of Christmas. Of course yeah. they have. Yeah. I mean, if there's any drag queens listening, get on it. You should do the Christmas Valley of the Dolls, damn it. What's more Christmas than this? Amen. I, I, what's more Christmas than fighting... Fighting, drug addiction, drugs, and abortion. Al- exactly. Fighting, drugs, alcohol, s- bad singing, sparkly outfits. Ab- and, and abortion. And abortion. And, abortion. and yes. nudies. Oh, God. Nudies. <laughs> nudies. <laughs> nudies. <laughs> I'm Edward October. Ask any bold individualist and they'll tell you. All you need for a perfect eggnog is to combine egg yolks, beaten until creamy, egg whites, beaten until fluffy, heavy cream, a generous portion of fresh ground nutmeg, and an even more generous portion of liquor. Most people use dark rum. I prefer bourbon. The final two ingredients are essential. A cozy seat by the fire to sip it, and a ghost story told as only October Pod can tell it. This year, October Pod's gift to you is a Christmas ghost story that can easily be called a classic of the medium. It drops on December 25th, Christmas Day. Find it on our YouTube channel, October Pod Home Video, or on October Pod AM, wherever you get podcasts. You can find all of our links at OctoberPodVHS.com. Listen by the fire, and we guarantee it will be the crowning pleasure of your busy holiday season. After all... Eggnog without a belt of good hooch is hardly eggnog, and Christmas without an Octoberpod ghost story is hardly Christmas. Octoberpod, 
Yuletide Horror for Bold Individualists. But you know, the thing about that, it's just like, um, it inflames in my soul the nostalgia for my childhood. Ugh. Aesthetically. Because, yeah, I was going to say, because your childhood was just like Neely O'Hara's life. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm just like thinking, I'm, I'm always struck by, you know, because you know me, I am like, like you, I look at decor. And I look oh. at the house, and I look at things, and I look at the sets. The I'm sets, like, and the clothes, and the dishes, and the the fucking pillows on the couch. Oh yes. my god, that's so fabulous. And I'm like, oh my god, we had that, we had that, we had that, we had that. It was totally, because it was made when it was made, so it was, you know. Yeah. And I don't think people younger than us, or a lot of people much younger than us. Right. Because the 60s and the 70s have been so glamorized. Yeah. I don't think they know what is real from then and what is not real. Oh, well, it's it's like, well, the 80s are the same way. I mean, it's like people think everyone in the 80s wore nothing but neon and whatever. And it's like, no, they looked like the kids in the breakfast club. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, just like the eighties. It's just yeah. like, oh, I love the. I know there's kids that I work with at Target that have no idea. Yeah. Oh, I love the eighties. I love everything from the eighties and blah blah blah. And it's like you have no fucking clue. The eighties were not just rubber bangle bracelets. Which, which and, you yeah. think of as the eighties is like five percent of what it really was. Right. It wasn't anyone's everyday life. But the sixties. But the sixties. This movie, the aesthetic of the 60s, Christmas decor. Oh, God, I love 60s vintage Christmas. So if you want to do a Valley of the Dolls themed Christmas, it has to be 60s. Absolutely. Ooh, I just thought of Deck the Dolls. (laughs) Ah. That just Oh, my God, let's write it as a film. We're going to write it. (laughs) Let's write it as a film. Let's see. Deck oh, the God. dolls and fuck off Helen. Actually, and it has to have the word quaalude in it. <laughs> but they weren't doing quaalude. They never did say. Oh, quaaludes were the 70s. Quaaludes were the 70s. It. Yeah. Ludes, oh. man. Ludes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you're going to do Valley of the Dolls Christmas, it has to be 60s. And I have a lot of 60s shit here in my house. Oh, yeah, because your mother, mother saved everything. Has been collecting Christmas stuff since the early 50s. Yeah. I mean, there's there's 60s ornaments in with my parents, but it's all the stuff that they bought, like, in Germany. Most of the other stuff... That was like super, super 60s looking as opposed to being very German looking. Um, Most of that stuff got destroyed over the years. I wish things had been shatterproof plastic in the 60s instead of glass. Oh, yeah. Because goddamn it, we broke so many great ornaments. Yeah, although I got to tell you before I go on, I do have to tell you, I found I was helping my mom clean out cabinets in the garage 
Mm-hmm. And... You would think there's 10,000 cabinets in your garage, considering how often you have to help your mom clean out oh, cabinets. Oh, I know. And there's probably, what, eight? I mean, it's not... like It's the whole wall of cabinets. Yeah. It's the whole wall of cabinets, but yeah. it's not. Anyway. But we found this box. Or boxes. Three boxes. It was... Christmas ornaments that were wrapped in tissue, and those had literally been up there since probably, I don't know, 1960. Oh my god. And that was pretty cool. Like, she had so many Christmas ornaments that there were boxes filled with them that she hasn't even touched in years. Oh, we have, we have a huge chest-sized box. With layers of cardboard with little compartments. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh yeah. No, those were forgotten. And I was like, oh, my God, these are so cool. So when I did the tree this year, I put nothing but those on the tree. Oh, that's wonderful. Which brings me back to my topic. Yes. (laughs) Valley of the Dolls Christmas. Okay, tree. Okay. The tree is the focal point of the decor. Absolutely. In any Christmas home. Yes. For that time. The creme de la creme would be the aluminum Christmas tree. The silver aluminums? Yeah. Yes. Which is all silver, and they all have these branches that were bent upright with yeah. like these silver tin... And you had to assemble them, right? They came in a yeah, box and they were all individual them. branches, yes. Tacky as fuck. I would say they're really, really hard, if not impossible to find. I don't know. I, it's like an estate sale kind of thing because it, they're yeah. never they're never going to get to a thrift store. They're never going but to. But those, and you know, another thing, if you really want to make it authentic... Either a pink or a white fake tree. Like a really dense, really conical fake tree that's pink or white. Ooh, find some, find, make friends with someone who does metal work, like enameled metal work, and have them make you a giant cone out of, out of metal that they can spray enamel and make it like a shiny pink, uh, a shiny pink yeah, metal cone. Yeah. Cone that would be beautiful, and it would yeah, weigh a fucking ton. And I was gonna say, as opposed to pink flock trees. Oh god! Which completely not sixties, very fifties, but not sixties. Right, right. Visualize the Christmas so, tree lot in Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, people confuse <laughs> the 50s and the 60s when it comes to this. Yeah. But if you're going to get a real tree and you want to be real authentic 60s, it cannot be like a dense real tree. It has to be spare. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm saying like a silver tip maybe for yeah. real tree. Yeah. Where there's lots of space in between with the flocking. It's gotta be, it's gotta be, you you have to be able to see your groovy wallpaper through the tree. Yeah, you gotta have the big gaps and then you can have a flock tree, but not pink. 
Yeah. And the thing However, is... However, the fake pink tree, very 60s. Although, you know, Helen Lawson is the kind of person who might have held... Because she, because she was such an old bitch. She might have held on to her 50s shit. But, like, the younger women in the oh, movie... Yeah. Would have been like, oh no, I don't want the shit like my mother would have. I need the 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 latest style of Christmas tree. Oh yeah, and ornaments, ornaments. It's so funny. Like just talking about this, I was I I actually talked to my mom about this, and I was like, well, how old are these? And how old are these? And how old are these? You know, little, you know. Bambi Disney and the Snow White and the Seven right. Dwarfs and Winnie the Pooh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I have all that shit yeah. from when I was a kid. That's from the 70s. Right. Stay away from that shit. If you want to be, if you want to have a Valley of the Dolls Christmas. Yeah, licensed characters are not 60s. Stay away from that shit. Your safest thing is balls only. Fucking balls. Be into the balls. Balls only. Not plastic. Breakable. Balls only. That mercury glass looking shit. Maybe yeah. seeing like cylindrical things. Maybe some, you know, different shapes, some different cones. Tinsel. Oh, fucking tinsel. That's why you we need the space between your branches. Lambast it now. As being the tacky thing that it is. Right. But you want to be authentic. Tinsel. And that those trees, the silver tip the, with all the space, it's like you don't you don't put on handfuls of tinsel. You do individual strands of tinsel so oh, that yeah. every branch oh, yes. has like every oh, inch yes. to inch and a half has another tinsel. single strand of tinsel. And none of this Fancy garland where it's like the gummy bears or plastic shit or wooden shit. You nope. know, nope. Your tinsel has to be tacky, metallic, silver or gold. Big circular tinsel you put around that tree to make it sixties. When you say circular, what do you mean? You know that horrible garland that was like... Oh, I thought you were talking about individual strands of tinsel. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the garland you're putting around the tray. See, I... It has to be like the tacky, big circular garland. It's either like fuzzy or coming designs. It came in designs, but it was like that tight tube. Okay, I don't... I never saw any of that, so... Okay. For, I mean, the, of course, my childhood was the 70s, and Garland, in in my earliest memories, was stringing popcorn and cranberries for the tree. But Oh, see, I just remember the tacky metallic, and that's what I've seen on in pictures for the set, you know. Right. Oh, I'd have and, to look. Um, the most important thing. If you're creating the illusion that it is the 60s, ditch your goddamn mini lights, which is all you can find now. Right. You need the clamp-on screen.
screwing. Big sucking light bulbs. The ones that'll catch your tree on fire. Yes. And you know, I'm sure that happened and it did. But you know, like everything, 99.999% of people that use those lights never had anything bad happen. Like everything. Well, those lights, if you use them every year, if you stored them correctly, if you didn't, if you kept your real tree watered so it wasn't like a, a, a pile of kindling in the middle of your living room, you know, like, and then, and then you put bare wires with, with shorts in them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, take care of your shit. But, you know, millions of households use those lights every year, and it was fine. And they're fabulous, and I miss them. But if you really want to be authentic, you need to have those big screw-in Christmas lights with the clamps on them. You'd clamp them onto the branch. Right. And they were fabulous and so much better than the show we have now. I've had theme parties where you have to transform your house. Oh, yeah. For one night into a different era, right? Like, I would like to be in what what I would like to create when I used to have my parties. Right. Right. And it's really, really simple things that you can do. Put out ashtrays. Yes! I'm not saying allow smoking in your house. But there has to be Put ashtrays. Put out ashtrays. There should be ashtrays on you every table. You can find funky-ass ashtrays anywhere. Yes! Ashtrays. We're talking about Christmas decor. You can buy them everywhere now. They're, they're popular again now. Those ceramic Christmas trees oh, that are yeah. like... You know, the pottery Christmas trees with the, with the, yeah, everybody with the knows what I'm them. talking about. Yeah. Those were utterly 60s. Yeah. And if you can find it in like pink or mint green as opposed to the white that you see. Green. Right. My aunt had one that was fucking mint green. That's awesome. Oh, it must have looked Those like a cake. Will transform your house into another era. Yeah. Um, if you really, really, really want to do it, you know, Target, um, World Market, they all sell shag fucking carpets now. Oh, my God. Area carpets. Go buy a fucking shag and put it in your limb for a night. It'll, boom, you'll be back in the 60s. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You know? And the most important thing... Cover your furniture with fabric. Go buy, go to the the head shop or the hippie store and buy some tapestries that you hang on the wall and cover your furniture with them. And that will totally transform you back into the 60s. But the, the classy Palm Springs 60s? You know, I realize it's all a fucking mix match back then. But not for, like, our parents. I mean, you could do that or you could do, you know, go buy some uh, covers that are, like, fake velveteen, which you can buy. Oh, I thought, I'd say I thought you were going to say cover your furniture in plastic. 
Like, fake Velveteen, and that will pass, too. Oh, yeah, no, plastic. Well, plastic would be valid, but yeah, no, we're not going there. Oh but I'm God. just saying those those tacky... Because I'm, I'm just thinking of Ann Wells' apartment in Valley of the Dolls. Yeah. Where she had the shag carpet. And she had the Paisley couch that was obviously fabric thrown on top of it and tucked in um so yeah there's a you know but just disguise your thing and you know transform your house into the 60s paradise oh know? my god oh my and god and the last thing i had uh wall uh, ceiling hangings oh yeah like um gl- like tinsely looking things yeah. I was motivated by the hideous, horrible, tragically bad Helen Lawson song. With the big, huge mobiles that were hanging over her. Yeah. But I was looking online and I was like, wait, I remember shit like that. And I was looking, I was like, oh my God, anything glass ceramic or gaudy hanging from the ceiling totally 60s oh sure totally 60s and one thing that um my mom used to do in fact a lot of the the ornaments that ended up broken she had so many of these ornaments because when they didn't have any money this like sometimes they had an apartment so small that they couldn't fit a tree in there anyway so she would do things like decorating the windows and what she she would have these like glass balls but they would be each ball would be like inside white netting so oh okay and then she would hang them on white ribbons like it like across the window so that they were all at like different heights and they were there was red and green and blue and gold and she would fill the windows with these yeah. dangly ribbons with with um, ornaments on the end. And oh yeah, God, that was just such a cool idea. Of course, it never yeah. happened. Yeah, once I was alive, because we lived in bigger places then. But yeah, but if you when they were to, first like, married, house, like like sixties, yeah, for like a party, you know. Oh yeah, hang shit from the ceiling like big. Shit, glass, colorful, ceramic, cylindrical, macrame, and shit like that from the windows. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can add a lot, and even like in a in a corner, very swank. Very swank. Like even in a corner, like like an area where people aren't going to be walking under it. Yeah. Like over a corner table, you could have things hanging on ribbons, like your beautiful your beautiful colorful Christmas balls. Hanging from ribbons over over in a corner with a nice lamp underneath it to illuminate. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so there's all sorts of very cheap, easy things you can do to have your Valley of the Dolls Christmas party. But the key, ashtrays. Oh, I I would agree with that, yeah. That will instantly date your house. Oh, yeah. Because people now don't realize how 
there was an ashtray on every fucking service in every fucking house. Oh, yeah. Because even and if, if you didn't real, smoke, yeah. someone else did, and there had to be an yeah. ashtray. And if you really want to be authentic, if someone lights up in your house and you don't, and a guest doesn't like it, you go slap the guest and tell them to get the fuck out. Because it's the 60s. Because that would be really, you don't like the smoke, get the fuck out, bitch. That's how it would really have been. Oh, yes. Of course. I remember the good old days in the 60s. I mean, I don't because I was an infant. Women were not even allowed to give birth unless the doctor was smoking in in the room. Oh, God. There was hardly anywhere where there wasn't cigarettes constantly being smoked. Oh, I remember the good old days. You know. Remember the ashtrays in uh, armrests? Oh, yes. In in cars, in airplanes, anywhere you could put your elbow, yeah, there'd be an ashtray. Yeah, and and you would do that extra cycle, and there'd be an ashtray right next to you. Oh, my God. And that's why we have all this gun violence now, because people don't smoke anymore. <laughs> Well, they also don't watch their hydration. (laughs) You gotta be careful about your hydration. People don't smoke. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yes. (laughs) So at this... No, go ahead. (laughs) It's gonna make no sense to anybody but you or very long-term listeners. But I was thinking about hydration the other day. Were Were you thinking about diuretics? I was thinking about diuretics because <laughs> what did I see because of the holidays of a fellow Target team member putting up a big thing of green beans, canned green beans. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, that's a diuretic. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Just think, we talked about green beans in our very first episode. And it made me think of hydration. Oh. And so, yes. You gotta be careful when you <laughs> eat green beans. You gotta it's watch your hydration. Oh. Speaking of food, <laughs> when you're having this fabulous Valley of the Dolls Christmas party... I came up with some uh, some delicious cocktails that are uh, that are based on the four women from Valley of the Dolls, oh. and I think they would go very nice with a Christmas party spread. First, we have the Anne. Okay. Uh, creme de cacao, sherry, and a splash of seawater because it's beige. <laughs> And it's waspy with that kick of nearly dying on the beach. I see. That sounds fabulous. That's the end. The Neely, however, is a Harvey Wallbanger. Only you replace the vodka with Goldschlager and you swirl it all around so you can sparkle Neely sparkle. Oh, yes. Sparkle Neely. Sparkle Sparkle. Neely sparkle. And then the Jennifer, of course... (laughs) 
is gin and Midori melon liqueur on the rocks in one of those glasses where the stripper's clothes disappear. Ah, oh my God, yes, oh my God, I mean, very, and again, very 60s. Very 60s, yes. Very 60s. But of course, yes. but of course, the best drink of all is the Helen, which is an oversized martini glass filled to the rim with vermouth. Because nothing says you've got the right to look down your nose at a pill popper like a big glass of booze. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but, you know, what would we have to eat with, you know, a Jennifer or a Neely? What would we have to eat at this party? I mean, it would have to be... Fancy finger foods. I'm, you know, I, canapes. I, I, absolutely, canapes. Canapes. Um, Fairly toothpicks. If you can't, if you can't eat it on a toothpick, it's not. If it's not worth eating. No. But you have to eat. Everything has to be eaten on frilly toothpicks. But or the I ones was, that look like swords. We could go back to the infinite wisdom of the Jello cookbook. Oh, the molded salad cookbook. And you, we could do, like, you know, chicken nivernaise. I was just going to say, chicken and carrot nivernaise absolutely has and to be. And chop it up and have it on, like, little plates that people could get, you know, and it would be nutrition and it would be a meal that it'd be, like, little, oh, yeah. you know. But, of course, we have to have the ambrosia salad. Oh, God, yes, with the little marshmallows. Yeah, we'd have to have the ambrosia salad with the green jello and the marshmallows and the mandarin oranges. Oh, yummy. So yummy. But I would think even she-she people back then would have that in the 60s. Oh, absolutely. If they were going to have a dinner, they would have that. My mother used to, well, you know, she had to, in the 60s and the early 70s, uh, had to host a lot of like luncheons and shit with the military wives. And which was, you know, big reason why I was neglected a lot as a child. But, you know, that's for therapy. But she used to keep in the freezer my whole childhood. One of my biggest memories of my childhood were these bags of, in the freezer of, it was like, like a cheesy dough in a ball and inside it was either a slice of olive or a slice of hot dog. <laughs> oh, how fabulous. And you would heat them up in the oven and you'd put them on a tray and, and then everyone would get them with toothpicks. Oh my God, that sounds like heaven. Oh yeah. And she used to make this other thing that was like vegetables... Like little vegetables, but it was in like this really sloppy uh, white sauce. But then you would like sort of root around in it with your toothpick and pick up, say, a cherry tomato or pick up, say, a, a little chunk of like water chestnut or something. Oh, and it's was covered. It white sauce? Was it Aunt Penny's white sauce? What was it? I don't know what Aunt Penny's white sauce is, but it was something very sour creamy. Oh, okay. But it's oh, like rather okay. than rather than being like say a dip, it was yeah. pre-dipped because everything was swimming in it. And it would be in like a big wide 
a, a huge serving platter covered in white gloppy liquid that had vegetables sitting in it. That oh, that sounds out. And you know, fondue was very 60s. You know, I have my parents' two fondue pots. Yeah, and I could see, you know, she-she people going in with their little fondue forks. So they don't get, yeah, so fondue would be very... We used to eat fondue for dinner when I was a child. We'd have one that was the hot oil fondue and the other that would be like the cheese fondue. Yeah, so that would be very apropos. What do you think of like uh, the the molded uh, like salmon salad, like the canned salmon salad, but you mold it in the fish shaped uh, copper mold? Oh my god! I think it would be perfect. I think people oh. would just love it, and they could like put a little bit on their plate and get crackers in it. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Mm. And the thing is, it's like. For this time period, if you want to be authentic, do not worry about goddamn nitrates or nitrites or whatever and preservatives and all these chemicals. Just go with what's fabulous. If it doesn't have corn sweetener, it's terrible. If it's whipped cream and not Cool Whip, it's wrong. Oh, yeah, it needs to be as artificial as possible. Yeah. Because all the real... natural... Because homemade food, because they were all rebelling against their parents who were the happy homemakers in the 50s. They're all rebelling against that, so it's all TV dinners and, you know, stuff you put in the radar range. And I guarantee (laughs) you, I guarantee you, all your friends come to that party... They will love everything you serve more than any food they've ever eaten in their lives. I guarantee it. Oh, and then, oh, I just remembered the the most glorious uh, Christmassy dessert of all. The, the, the pineapple ring with the half a banana sticking up out of it. Oh. And then the little piece of maraschino cherry sitting on the top. That it's yes. a beautiful candle and everyone gets to deep oh. throat their beautiful banana candle. But take the toothpick yes. out first. A very 60s. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And it should probably be slathered in mayonnaise for no reason. Oh, yeah. I think the oh, mayonnaise yeah. needs to hold it all together. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh my god, let's have this party. I wish we could do it this year. Let's do it next year. Well, yeah. We'll pl- we'll plan on doing it next year. And I will let's I will whip out cuz it will be my my authentic mid-century fondue pots. And we will have fondues. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it next year. In my beautiful pumpkin orange 60s chairs. Yes, I was going to say, my house or your house, we'll figure it out. (laughs) Anyway, so this is the last month of the year, Miss Amelia. Yes, it is. It's it's not our last show of the year. We do have one more show. Yeah. Before New Year's. Yeah. Yes. 
But it's the last one, so... Oh my god! What is bitching for you right now? And it better be fabulous, because we're nearing the end of the year. Oh my god. Well, yeah, it really, really is. So, what started as, like, a horrible mishap turned into something absolutely bitching. So, when uh, Mr. Amelia, when he was getting ready to start... I mean, literally getting the stuff out to begin the Christmas baking. He took out our our old trusty KitchenAid mixer that we've that I think we got right when we got married. I think that was one of our uh, wedding gifts to ourselves. And um, I don't know why he plugged it in first. So all the tools and everything were store were kept inside the bowl, right? And one of the paddles was in it, like mm-hmm. attached, and the rest of them were all just thrown in the bowl. And he plugged it in, and then he reached into the bowl to take all the attachments out. And he decided, oh, I should tip the top up. Well, there's two levers. One lever tips it up. The other lever turns it on. Oh. And with his big, giant, meaty hand in the bowl, with all the other attachments, it suddenly, the noise that came out of the kitchen was, (laughs) and it was dead. I mean, within a half a second. Of hitting that button and it turned on and immediately burnt the motor. Oh no. And it's amazing he didn't injure his hand because everything that was in there just crammed and that thing couldn't turn and it just, oh my God. Well, fuck yeah, he could have had like splinted fingers for yeah. nine months. Yeah. You know, he could have very oh easily because yeah. he was reaching in to grab them. So his hands, his fingers oh, were like wrapped fuck. around things when it happened. He got no bruising, no cuts, no nothing. Good, good, good. So that was amazing. But we were about to have like a long weekend of baking. And suddenly it's, now we have no mixer. Um... And I told him, give me 24 hours and I will get you another one. Yeah. And he was like, absolutely not. He was so, he was in such a snit. He was like, absolutely not. I'll get out the I'd, hand mixer. I'd be the same way. I'd be the same way. No, totally don't you yeah. buy anything. I'll get out yeah. the hand mixer. I'd be the same. Yeah. And I was like, you're being silly. I can totally get one here by tomorrow. And then you can mm-hmm. start tomorrow. No, I don't want a new mixer. I have a hand mixer. I could mix it with a spoon if I had to. I'm just going to do all the baking with my hand mixer. And of course, he hadn't used the hand mixer in a long time. He's spewing shit all over the place. He's so mad. He's so mad. He's trying trying to cream frozen. He's trying to cream frozen butter. Like he doesn't. He's like, well, it doesn't work because it's hard because it's still frozen. I said, we have a microwave. I was just going to say, put the microwave, Soften the fucking butter. Just, oh my God. He was so mad he couldn't do anything right. The first, I mean, he it was terrible. So I just got to ask, am I but, not going to get any of his no, you're getting banana stuff. bread this year? You're getting it. 
You're also getting... Okay, because I'm going to be very upset if I don't. Oh, oh, bitch, he made biscotti. He made gingerbread biscotti this year. Oh. With so much, with so much good shit. Uh, yeah, and also, the, if I don't get a care package of his baking, this oh year, no, you I'm are really upset. No, you okay. are. He did manage. He did manage to do baking. It just took a lot longer, and there was a lot more swearing. But what he doesn't know, he still doesn't know. While I was sitting there, and he was going, "No, I don't want a new one." While he was telling me how much he doesn't want a mixer, and I was like, "Okay, all right," I was totally buying one. Oh, how fabulous. And the thing is, we had the four and a half quart. And I can do this because he doesn't listen to this show. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to hear this. No. So we had the four and a half quart. Well, the four and a half quart only comes in white or black. It doesn't come in any interesting colors. Why? I don't know. Probably because they want everyone to buy the five quart, which is what I did. And the five quart comes in like 20 different colors. And so now... So like a cup like a day later, a big heavy ass box comes to the house addressed to me, and I haul this big heavy ass box upstairs and I tuck it here in my office. It's right here. Hear that? Uh it's right here. Yeah. A beautiful five quart aqua <gasps> fucking fabulous KitchenAid mixer. Oh fabulous. And he has no idea. He has no idea. He thinks he already got his Christmas present because I I went ahead and gave him that um, Holy Grail shirt that I got for him. But no. Oh, yeah. But no. Oh, that's so awesome. Oh, he's going to be excited. And you know he's going to use it, too. Oh, he's absolutely going to use it. And you you will use it, too. I'm mostly him, Because you are totally most kitchen. I know, but he's the baker. So it's more more of a... It's more of a him thing, but it's yeah, gorgeous awesome. and it's so gorgeous. As far as I'm concerned, it can sit out on the counter because it's beautiful. It's not just an appliance. It's an objet. That I know. And did I ever, I don't know if I've told you about it. I don't know if I've been mentioned on, on the show before, but you know, my mom in the cabinet above the stove has never been used a KitchenAid mixer. Oh my god. From 1953. It was a wedding gift. Ugh. It has never fucking been used. And it is like the KitchenAids, you know, with the bowl and the, you know, Ugh. you dip it down, you put, you know what I mean. My yeah, mom, like, who didn't even like yeah. to cook, used the fuck out of her old mixer that she got as a as a wedding gift in 1959. Oh my God. But it is there and she wanted to get rid of it. Oh. And I was like, no, you were not getting rid of this. I want it. like, I don't know why you want this old thing. I was like, you are not touching it. I mean, talk about somebody that can sit out for your Valley of the Dolls party. Literally never been used. And the only reason I thought of it is because, you know, it's beautiful. I think it probably would work, but... I'm sure it will. Why wouldn't it? I mean... Even if she used the hell out of it, it would still work because it's a kitchen aid. It's never been plugged in 
since the 50s, so I'm afraid, but yeah. Oh my god, I bet the cord is, I bet the cord is fucking fabulous. My mother used to have a, um... Oh, it's like the woven cloth cord? Yes. That's awesome. I'm trying to remember, what's the, um, what's the toaster that has the swirly, swirly thing on the side? Is that Electrolux? Oh... But my mother had one of those toasters for years and it worked fine and there was no reason for her to get rid of it, but she got rid of it because she wanted a new toaster. Yeah, and, and it was like, how silver, dare you? Right? It's the silver, right? It's yeah, silver. Yeah. 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 Because yeah, 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 uh, yeah. they were all silver. Westinghouse? I'm trying to remember. I don't, I'm trying to remember because I have the toaster and the waffle iron of that. Oh my God. And it's in my shed in a box. Oh my God. Yeah, mom didn't think, mom was just like, I just want a new toaster. So she got rid of it. And it was like, you didn't even offer it to me. Yeah, I remember (laughs) they had percolators too. Oh, yeah. Which I do not have the percolator, but they did have percolators. Right. Oh, my God. That were the same. Oh, my God. Did I just say percolator and you totally know what I meant? Yes, of course I do. Oh, my God. We're old. I mean, when I was, when I was broke as fuck, we had like a, a cheap dollar store percolator. We didn't have a coffee maker. We had a, we had a percolator that you sat on the store, that you sat on the stove. Anybody under the age of 30 would not know what a percolator is. Remember the Maxwell House commercials with the little loop song? (laughs) Yeah. I bet anybody under the show doesn't know what a percolator is. Oh, that's so sad. It's they're fabulous. Yeah, and the good thing is they have the little thing at the top so you can watch You can watch the water bloop up. You can and you can see the majority of the coffee brewing. Yes. Because it starts at the bottom and it's it gets sucked up the middle and then the boiling water gets sucked up the middle and goes bloop and it bloops over the little tray thing. It's like a tuna can with holes in it and oh that's where God, you put your let's coffee. Let's bring back percolators. I mean, I'm sure the hipsters are all into percolators because they're into like French oh. presses and that crap. Oh God, but yeah, let's bring back percolators. Let's bring back everything from our childhood and ban everything that came after. Including the Xbox? Oh, not the Xbox. The Xbox has to stay. I mean, you you could <laughs> never live without your Xbox. I could not, girl. I could nope, not. you have to get a Pong machine that plugs into your TV. Oh, my it God. It plays Pong. It plays handball. It plays hockey. I just got to tell you this story. Totally off topic, but it's like a very short story. Okay, and then you're going to tell me what's bitching. Yes, my dad. Oh, my God. Who could have been so fabulous at times, right? And, you know, from the warehouse for somehow, for my birthday party one year, when I was like, I don't know, 10, literally in the 70s. Yeah. He had somehow had access to an actual Pong video arcade machine that you had in the bowling alleys where you put... Oh, God. And he had that brought in for my birthday party one year when I was like 10 or 11. Oh, my God. And he had this huge thing of quarters that we could all just 
And we played Pong. And it was the actual big, huge video game Pong. That's insane. That and Kiss Alive 2? Yeah. What a birthday. That was really cool. Anyway. That's insane. So my, so yes, my bitchin' this year, totally bitchin', is you're going to be like, oh my god, really? The, the lamented and dead romance writer Victoria Holt. I... Should I know her? No. Okay. She was a very prolific writer of, like, gothic romance. Okay. Suspense novels in the 60s and 70s. And my mom had all of her books when I was growing up. Okay. And I used to go and I would just read all of her books and I loved them. Oh my God, she was born in 1906. Yeah, and I had thought of her not too long ago and I was able to get this big bundle of old paperbacks of hers. Oh my God. Original from the 70s, thank you very much. And I have been reading them. And I was like, oh my God, I had forgotten how much I loved her. You know, it's romance, it's suspense, it's gothic, it's mystery. It is like Midsummer Murders and Murdoch Mysteries and Masterpiece Theater combined into these like novels. It is fabulous. Oh my God. And I am all about Victoria Holt right now. So since I they got were... a big fucking bundle of her old books, so yes. So yes. since since she was writing in sort of the pre women's lib era, what is a woman in one of those books like? Oh God, um... is it so straight up romance that it's all she's trying to find a husband? No, it's typically, her typical is, okay, the one I'm reading right now, she's a professional concert pianist, and her daughter, or I'm sorry, her sister, was a female archaeologist, which, you know, was very rare in the time, and she was okay. so proud of her sister, and... Her sister disappeared, and now she's, and her husband, her famous pianist husband died, and now she went to this town to teach piano, but it's only because so she can fall, you know, figure out where her sister went, and of course she's falling in love with the lord of the manor, you know? (laughs) Of course. It's always like that, but no, it was actually for the time. It's always, like, women of accomplishment. Okay. But I fucking like... I mean, they're so gothic, and they're so... I mean, just, like, reading these books is like watching a masterpiece theater. I mean, I know they're not that level of literature. Right. But it's that atmosphere. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, reading Victoria Holt makes me feel like I'm reading a Wilkie Collins novel. I don't know who that is either, but okay. <laughs> it, Wilkie Collins, 
author I mean to okay. 1800s, contemporary Charles Dickens, blah, 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 mysteries. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. Really, really into him. Okay. Victoria Holt makes me think I'm reading a Wilkie Collins novel, except instead of 600 pages, it's going to be two. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's my bitch in this Victoria Holt. That's fabulous. That is fabulous. And I am currently reading The Shivering Sands. That sounds very dramatic. Yes, and the next next one I'm going to read is The Bride of Penrick. And we'll see what that (laughs) means. I'll let you know later. Oh. (laughs) Penrick. Please, Penrick, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, my God. We need to make PPN t-shirts just so nobody knows what it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Speaking of, if you're looking to buy Christmas presents for people, you should should get, you know, like a t-shirt or a sticker or something that says uh, pornography, lasciviousness, and or what, what was it? What's Pornography. Promiscuity. Promiscuity and lasciviousness. Lasciviousness. <laughs> you could get a tote bag. You could get a shirt. You could get a, a notebook. You know, celebrate celebrate the fact that Pat Robertson is dead. It's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you got the right product, you could have our faces on it. Hello. That's true. We have lots of stuff with our cute faces on them. That said, should, should we should we tell people that um, so next so the next episode is the last one of the year, and then the one after that is episode two hundred, and episode two hundred is going to kick off one hell of a year. But y'all yes. will find out more about that later. So yes, oh my god, I'm excited about that. Actually. So if you're oh my not, god, it's going to be crazy oh my god it's gonna be crazy it's gonna be y'all have no idea what's gonna happen next year so starting with episode 200 so if you're not subscribed wherever you're listening to this right now subscribe save whatever favorite whatever whatever your platform does and also as a gift to us leave us a review oh my god Oh, please do. We yes. still, we're still offering stickers. We'll still send you a little something. Yeah, we do not get enough. Please send us a review, send us an email. And if you hate me and you hate my voice and my Nelly Gay voice, <laughs> send me an email and then I will mock you on the show. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. His, his Nelliness, my vocal fry that I didn't used to have, but I have it much more now. I, I'm, I'm enjoying my vocal fry. I yes. think it's just because I'm old and tired. Yeah, bring it on. Mock me. I will totally be happy to make fun of you and read your email on the show and say what a cunt you are. Do it. Come on. Mock me. Send, send us hate mail. Make me feel better. Mock me. Put on your little letter. Ear, 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 ear.
Ear, ear. Come on, come on and mock me. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, Merry fucking Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas, Marys. Yeah. Mock me. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you enjoy our show, please take a moment to rate and review us wherever you listen. If you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a Bitchin' Boutique sticker. Everyone Everyone loves stickers. Please subscribe or add us to your favorites wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribers get new episodes first and are also more attractive. Drop us a line anytime at pitneyandamelia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. So Merry Christmas, everyone. (coughs) Should we wait? Okay, should we start over? (laughs) Okay. And you have the squeaky chair again. (laughs) Oh, I know. Shit. Okay, let me. Okay.